waiting is never easy, especially today in our instant gratification society where we want things right now, whether it's a relationship or financial or health issue or just some type of transition, it can be difficult to wait, especially when we feel like we don't have control over our circumstances. We often want our problem fixed right now instead of going through the process of waiting, especially when we're waiting on a promise from God. I have found that we typically do two things, one of two things. We either try to jump ahead of God and make things happen ourselves. We don't want to wait on his timing. Or we do nothing and just wait passively for God just to do something. I was recently a guest on Kingdom Mindsets 2 for Tuesday, which is a live teaching hosted by my friend Chris Cree of New Creations Ministries. We had a great discussion on what does waiting on the Lord mean and why is it important that we have a different attitude about waiting. And I want to share that with you today in today's episode because it's a practical teaching on Psalm 27 verses 13 and 14. And we also have a lot of other supporting scriptures because we want to help you get a better understanding of what waiting means and then what that practically looks like in your own life. You know me, I'm a practical person. I want to know how do I take scripture and practically apply that to my life today? So you can connect with Chris. Uh, He has a lot of great videos and resources on his website, which is newcreations.org. And then if you want to connect with me, my website also has resources. Or if you want to work with me personally in discovering what does your heart need to thrive? How do you connect on a deeper level with the Lord to really fill those emotional, mental, relational, and spiritual needs? Go to lauriksnyder.com to learn more about that. Waiting and trusting upon the Lord go hand in hand because God wants a heart connection with you to fill you, not fix you. I want to have you discover hope, courage, strength, and patience while you're in your difficult situations waiting. Here we go. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. Want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Waiting on the Lord. The Bible says that's something we should do, but does that mean we just sit back and wait for God to do stuff? Or might there be a little more to it? Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Two for Tuesday broadcast. I am your host, Chris Cree, 
And I am excited about this episode because today we have Lori Snyder with us and we're going to talk about waiting on the Lord and what that looks like in a practical way. So I'm excited. This is going to be a good episode. We've already been talking about some things and I was thinking, man, we should have had the camera rolling while we were talking. So hopefully we can recapture some of that and, and just share with the audience some of those truths that God's been revealing to both of us. So you wanted to talk about waiting on the Lord. And I just want to dive in because this is such a big topic. So I take it away, Lori. Yeah. Well, thanks, Chris. You know, it's one of those topics that no one really wants to be in that waiting process. We want to have a quick fix. We live in an instant gratification society. <laughs> and we also <laughs> would you say that I, I could I, I'm thinking of myself standing in the kitchen with the microwave oven tapping my foot saying hurry up hurry up and I'm like there was a time when there were no microwave ovens and and we had to wait and now we're just impatient yes and I want to help people and, and you know me I'm a, I'm a simple mm -hmm. practical person what does that look like in my everyday life because there's a ton of scriptures on waiting you know we have to wait for it but we don't want to and so waiting on the lord and it's waiting on the lord and that means it's a partnership and and you know me it's all about our personal intimate deep relationship with the lord and it's that connectivity that union with him that we live out of mm -hmm. not trying to do things for him to get his approval to get his love but it's out of that loving kindness, the goodness of God, that relationship we have where we're his daughter, we're his son, and we are walking with him just as it was originally set up in Genesis 1 to be one with him. So that's why I want to talk about this because it is a process and we need to celebrate the process of waiting, being in transition versus having dread because that's where a lot of times I was at, or I talked to a lot of people that are in that process and they're dreading it. They just want to hurry up and get this over. So that's a, that's, I, I want to kind of unpack that a little bit. The, the dread. Yeah. I mean, you said you dreaded waiting on the Lord in particular. What did you mean? Why, what do you mean by dreading? Cause dreading means, and it, you know, to me, it means, an unpleasant expectation of something to come. But if you're in the midst of waiting, how can you dread that? So can you unpack that a little bit for me? Yep. So dreading meaning what we have to go through. So I was a kitchen designer and okay. I renovated a ton of houses. Mm -hmm. What I will call the messy middle. Ah. We have the beginning of that dream. We know mm -hmm. what, it, we, what it looks like as far as what we can perceive but we don't want to go through that renovation process ourselves. We want someone else to do it, or we want the HGTV experience where poof, it's Cut done. Cut to a commercial break, come back, it's done. <laughs> the final reveal, woohoo! But that's not how it works. Life mm. is a journey and it's a process of growing. And so what we really need to do is celebrate this waiting process because what it is is developing our intimacy with the lord our dependency upon him to grow and strengthen us to be conformed in the image of christ okay because that's really 
a big purpose of ours. Yeah, that is that is one of the reasons that Jesus came. And one of God's intended purposes is that we would become like Jesus. So as believers, that is definitely an important thing. And like you said, it's a process. There are some things that happen instantaneously. And sometimes parts of the process happen almost instantaneously. You know, I think of one example in my life. When I became a new believer, you know, God delivered me from addiction to alcohol. I was a drunk mm -hmm. before I became a believer. And that was instantaneous. You know, I didn't have to work up to it. I was immediately delivered from the addiction. Now, there was a process of having to retrain my ways of thinking and some of my habits. One of the things that I learned before I became a believer through AA and whatnot is that your mind actually has to learn new ways of doing things sober, you know, like social events and the things that I did where I typically was intoxicated. I had to relearn how to do them sober. And it's the same way when we become a believer in most things, because God's way of doing things is radically different than our way. And so he gives us the ability to do things his way instantaneously. But yeah. then there's the process of renewing our mind so that we learn his ways and we start walking in them. And we don't always get it right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a process and, and we're not going to get it right many times, but that's how we learn and that's how we grow. And I think of, you know, uh, when my boys were toddlers learning to walk. Mm-hmm there's a process of them learning, stumbling and walking, but there's always that encouragement to where then they're running and then you can't stop them. So, <laughs> well, and the first time they fell down, you didn't say, oh, you screwed it up. You're never walking again. I'm going to carry you everywhere you go. Right. It wasn't like that. It was like, oh, you yeah. fell down. Okay. Well, that's part of the process. Right. Get back up. Right. Yeah. And part of our, our, the renewing of the mind is not just the way we think it's our heart and getting in that soul into those deep um, processes of our heart that have not necessarily been healed. There's still parts mm. of us that still are those little children that are needing to grow and mature because we didn't have the love or acceptance or the encouragement. Perhaps our parents weren't the ones saying, come on, it's okay. You yeah. didn't fail, just keep going. And so we need the Lord to touch those specific parts of us to bring healing. And that's part of that process of waiting on him and st being strengthened. So I want to, let's go dive into the scripture that I okay. want to focus on. And it's Psalm 27. And I love all of tw Psalm 27, mm -hmm. but I want to focus for this time because of our, our sake of time on the last, I'm going to read the last two verses. So 13 okay. and 14, or you can Let read me... them. You can pull them up on the screen and you read them. All right. Uh, it says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Okay. So God is a heart God. He doesn't mm -hmm. want our performance. He doesn't want our behavior. He's not trying to behavior modify us. And what I love when I'm, I'm coaching people in my resiliency coaching program, I always say, God wants to fill us mm -hmm. so we can live out of the fullness of God versus fixing us. Mm. And that makes a lot of sense because, you know, one of the great um, personalities, one of the great characters, you know, in the Bible was David. And it didn't say that David was a man after God's own thinking. 
It didn't say that David was a man after God's own habits or behaviors. It said he was a man after God's own heart. That was yeah. the thing that set David apart from the other people of his day was that he had a similar heart to God. So I, I completely hear what you're saying about the importance of our heart in all of this. Yeah. And he knew God's goodness and he drew upon God's goodness. And that's where I love the Psalms because David really wrestles. And what I say too, is he lives in that tension of that waiting process. Mm. He starts out a lot of the Psalms with, okay, God, you are my strength, right? You are this, but then he's struggling with how he's feeling and what he's seeing and his circumstances mm -hmm. and all the pressures around him. But then he always comes back to the truth of who God is. Mm. And so in this uh, Psalm, well, I, I was going to say, and, and that to me, as you're describing that, I'm thinking through what I know about the life of David and how true that is, everything you've just said, because he was anointed by the prophet Samuel to be king, but he didn't actually step onto the throne for, I don't know, 13, 17 years, depending on how the math works out. It was a long time. Yeah. And during that time, he even was given the opportunity to take the throne by force. He could have killed King Saul and taken the throne because he was rightfully anointed by King and Saul was trying to kill him. I mean, he had all of the right reasons to go ahead and do that, but he chose to wait for God to promote him rather than grasping for it himself. Yeah, so good. And that's what I love the scriptures, why I love them, because we can see ourselves in other people's stories, not necessarily their particular story, but we can use it as examples of, okay, here's how God showed up here. Mm -hmm. How do I apply that to my life? And so David, I love is such a prime example because what he says is I would have lost heart. Mm. And a lot of times we want to give up. And in that waiting period, we we're going to be tempted to give up. Right. I, yep. Oh, yeah. Right. And so but he says, unless I had believed. Mm. And that is such a key, because when you're going to see that throughout scriptures with in Jesus, especially always meeting people where they're at and going right to the heart. What do you believe? Because the heart is the seat of our belief system. Yeah. Yeah. So. He's looking at the goodness of God. And that's where I always say, do you want to hear how good God is? And I share stories with people about God's goodness because it's the goodness of God that causes them want to want to change the way they think, to repentance, yes. to yeah. turn towards him. And that's but, something that a lot of Christians don't understand. They yeah. think that it's, you know, fear of, of hell that's going to make people change or, or fear of God. You know, they, they have an image of God in their minds that he's out there with a big stick just waiting to whack them if they mess up. And that's right. not how God, you know, invites us to change. That's not how he motivates us to change. He motivates us right. to change by showing us his goodness. Yes. And that yes. is a completely different way of, yeah. of seeing things and motivating people. And what I do in when I'm when I'm um, talking with people, coaching them or just advising them, two questions that tend to always come up that I will give them assignments, so to speak. Mm -hmm. What do you believe about God? 
and it's God the Father, Jesus the Son, Holy Spirit. It's all three aspects of the Godhead. And then what do you believe about yourself? Because we're going to live out of those two core beliefs. Mm -hmm. Everything comes out of those two. Well, and really what that what you're asking is you're asking people to define their understanding of God's identity and their understanding of their own identity. Ultimately, it comes back to identity. You know, what do you believe about yourself? Who do you say you are? I mean, Jesus asked the the disciples, you know, who do the people say I am? And then he said, well, but who do you say I am? And so how we understand God Mm -hmm. will determine how we understand ourselves. And part of the scripture is David knew that God was so for him. Mm. And even when he goes to, to slay um, Goliath, he says, is there not a cause? Mm-hmm. And that he knew that if God be for him, who could be against him? That's right. And so that's that resolve. And so let's go into the next part where mm-hmm. it says, wait on the Lord. And what I love to do is look at the words Mm-hmm. in the scripture, because we in our English language can easily think, oh, I know what waiting means, but we really don't understand the context or the Hebrew in this case, because it's Old Testament. What is the Hebrew word for wait? Mm-hmm. And then, um, so let's just dive right into that. Wait, um, because here's what I have found. People will either try when they're waiting, they're either going to try to jump ahead of God and yep. do something in their own strength, like Sarah did with Abraham giving him Hagar say, yeah, go, go produce a child. Cause it's not happening yet. And God's late on his timing. <laughs> so we try to do something in our flesh, creating an Ishmael yeah. or tend to do nothing. Well, I'm just waiting on God any day. He's just going to show up and poof, it's going to happen. Yeah. Doesn't work that way because there's a scripture that says first the natural, then the spiritual. Mm. God puts his suit in 2 Corinthians. Um, He puts his super on our natural. He has to have something to work with. So it's this partnership. And I'm going to prove this out. Well, I was going to say that makes a lot of sense because when Jesus did miracles, he invariably started with something. You know, when he fed the 5,000, he started with some fish and, you know, he started with a kid's sack lunch. And then he he multiplied that when he turned, he turned water into wine. He didn't produce wine out of nothing. God has the capacity to speak and, and have things produce out of nothing. But Jesus was walking the earth as a man, as yes. us. And so we don't have that capacity. So we need to take something. And, yeah. and like you said, give it to God. We bring it into the kingdom. We bless it. We give it to God and watch him apply his super to the natural that we bring. Our, our little sack lunch could feed a multitude. Yeah. Because a million times zero, it's not still much. zero. <laughs> right? right? But a million times one. So I have to at least give God something to work mm-hmm. with. So let's look at the word Hebrew word for weight. And it means to bind together, fusion. Mm-hmm. It also means to expect, to look forward with assurance. That's hope. As straining of mind in a certain direction with an attitude of expectancy, to be intertwined, twisted, and woven together so closely and tightly that you become as one and actually take on the very nature and image and likeness of the thing you are engaging with. 
And what I say, it's that place of intimacy, or like when Psalm 91 talks about the secret place of the most high God, that's where that transformation takes out or takes place. That's why waiting mm-hmm. is transformation in process from the inside out. And it's a beautiful process that we cannot rush Mm-hmm. And we need to not have the dread going back to not having that attitude of, oh, this is going to hurt. This is going to cost me all this. I have to do it. It's going to, no, we have that expectancy of this is going to be so good because yeah. I'm partnering with God. I'm so intertwined with him that I'm one with him because it talks about so much in the new Testament. Paul talks about our union with Christ, that we're united with him, that we're one with him. And that was Jesus's prayer in John 17 to the father, Yes, that father, that they would be one just as he and the father were one. That's what he wants for us. So it's that mm-hmm. oneness, that unity. And then as a, as a body of Christ, we're to be one body. Yeah. And, you know, I'm looking at the Strong's definition. And, and for those of you who aren't familiar with that, it's, it's a, a tool that was produced, you know, many, many years ago by biblical scholars that, that where you, yeah. they actually define each of the words. And if you went to a site like Blue Letter Bible, you could pull up the Strong's definition for each word in the Bible, literally every single word that was written in the original languages. And what I'm, my, my electronic Bible, I can just touch the word and it'll pop up. I can't show it to you on the screen because of the way the, the, the video sharing thing works. But when I look at the Strong's for that, that Hebrew word wait, it says, just like you said, Lori, to wait or look, to expect, to wait eagerly or expectantly look for to lie in wait for or to wait or linger. So it's, and it means all a bunch of the rest of what you said as well, but if there's that eager expectation that something is about to happen, that's what waiting on the Lord means. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing of knowing that I'm not passive. Mm -hmm. It's, It's kind of like going to the gym. We've got to put in the time but we have that consistency that we just keep showing up. We just keep doing the next thing. And Mm -hmm. eventually we're going to get that result. So there's expectancy with it that it's going to be good. And Mm. you know, that's where we have like the Romans 828 that everyone loves to say that all things work together for those that love God and are called, or all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Well, that purpose is being conformed to the image of Christ. So knowing that, all of this waiting, all of this time of living in that tension that the promise hasn't been fulfilled yet. You're, the job that you're waiting for hasn't opened up, the promotion, um, the, the house to sell or the new house to be available for you. You're having to just keep renting because the new place isn't there yet or um, a physical healing or a relationship that you're believing for a child to come back to you or back to the Lord or whatever Mm -hmm. that situation, there's that tension that we're living in that is difficult. And a lot of times we want to uh, run away from it. We want to cope in an unhealthy way, such as like you were saying, alcohol or food. Or sometimes we want to short circuit it by trying to make it happen. I mean, that's what Sarah did with Hagar and producing Ishmael. That wasn't God's, she didn't wait on God. She's like, all right, well, if this is God's word. We're going to make it happen. And that can be just as 
messed up as doing nothing. Yeah, because then you've got you got consequences with that action. Mm-hmm. And so how do we wait patiently? And that's where it goes into the next one. Be of good courage. And again, we go back to our English language and we think, okay, mm-hmm. I've got to be courageous. I've got to be brave. I've got to be this hero to come in and save the day. But if you look at what that word means, it means to twist, stretch, then the tension of enduring, waiting to strengthen, prevail, be strong, grow firm, be resolute. And so it really is becoming strong. Mm. And what I say too, it's that ability to take a risk because faith requires trusting God to take a risk. Yeah. Yeah. Most people don't want to live there. And, and the beauty is that we, you know, the Bible tells us that we are blessed with believing Abraham in Galatians. It says that we're blessed. And most people will understand a curse. They understand that if somebody's cursed, they can do everything right and still get a bad result because they're cursed. But what most people lose sight of is that when we're blessed, we could do everything wrong and still get a good result because we're blessed. And every believer in Jesus is blessed. And so we can receive that blessing by faith and know that we're blessed. That's what happened with Abraham. Abraham made a bunch of boneheaded mistakes, but he kept getting blessed because he believed God blessed him. Yes. Yeah. And that covenant, and we're under a Mm -hmm. new and better covenant because of Jesus's blood sacrifice for us and the resurrection. And so we have so much for us. And so that's where strengthening myself, I have to encourage myself. Yes, we get encouraged from other people, and we get prayers and, and when we need, you know, our arms raised up, you mm-hmm. know, that we, we can't fight that battle anymore. We have to have the body to come alongside us. But so much of this waiting is really what's happening on the inside of my heart. And the Latin word for courage is cur, which means heart. Okay. Well, That's and it's interesting. Heart. We were talking about how we have to give our super to God, or I'm sorry, our natural to God for him to add his super to create the supernatural. And if we go back to that verse you were talking about there in in Psalms 27, 14, it says, be of good courage. That's our part, what you've been talking about. And then it says, and he shall strengthen your heart. Well, what is courage? You just described courage as strengthening our heart. So what I see in that is exactly what you're saying is that we take our natural and, and we be of good courage. We, we, we stand courageous in that we just basically don't quit. And then God adds his super to it, to our natural. And then we, he strengthens our heart. And then we actually are of good courage. So it's, it's, that, it's that joint effort, ours with God adding his super to our natural. Yeah. And it's so good because that's where you know, I'm not doing this just alone. I'm able to take a risk because God has put something on my heart and he always gives a step to take. Mm -hmm. There's always an instruction. He doesn't give the plan. We want the plan. (laughs) And we also want to know, we want to have a sense of control, especially I talk with a lot of women. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Right. But you've got to look behind what's that control. It's not necessarily fear, which we tend to think. What I have discovered, safety, security. Mm. Yeah to be and know that we are loved 
mm-hmm. that if we take that step, God's got our back. Yeah. So I don't have to know what the outcome's going to be when I am partnering, when I'm united, when I'm binded and so twisted together. You know, Jesus talked about in John 15, abide in him, right? Mm-hmm. So when I am abiding, when I'm indwelling, when I am waiting, which means to be bound together, to be fused, to be twisted with him, wrapped, so wrapped around him that where I go, he goes. Yes. So I can take that step of faith. I can strengthen myself to know that the scriptures and in prayer, I've got worship, but really doing this heart work of what is it really that I'm wanting in this? What is this going to give me as a result? Mm -hmm. That's safety, security, love, to feel that I belong somewhere or to have connection with someone. But really it's that intimate time with the Lord. And that's why we need to celebrate these waiting periods. And then that's where the strengthened word comes in. It also means to be alert, okay, to fortify and to be established, to be stout, strong, bold, and alert. And that's where I look at, we can boldly go before the throne of grace, mm-hmm. right? To receive mercy in our time of need. We'd so also, we, we no, it let, oh, that's, I just want to point out something because you missed a little bit in that verse here. Um, because we go boldly before the throne of grace and we obtain mercy, but we also obtain grace as well. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. And, and that's important because the mercy, when we go before the throne of grace, when we go to God in Jesus, we can go boldly because we're in Christ. And the time to go, especially, is when we've goofed up. And that's when most people want to hold back and wait and not go near God. But that's the time we go because we we obtain mercy. The mercy, co- you know, basically eliminates the the mess up, and then the grace gives us power to move forward into the solution for whatever mistake that we've we've created. When we go to the grace, or when we go to the throne, we receive both mercy and grace. Mercy deals with our mistake. Grace empowers us to move past it. So good. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. I, uh, I love that because in simple terms, mercy, mm-hmm. I don't get what I deserve. Grace, I get what Jesus has deserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talking about the blessing that you were saying, I'm in Christ, I'm blessed. And that following his direction, following his steps, waiting on his timing, waiting on the next instruction, or really just giving Mm -hmm. him my heart. And it's like, what's going on in my heart right now? I need to feel secure in you. And only God can do that. People, Mm -hmm. things, money, it gives a sense of security, but it's not that deep heart uh, uh, security that we, that we need. That's right. And I put that verse on the screen. It's, it's, it's Hebrews okay. four sixteen. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we, the, the, it's the grace that helps the mercy deals with the, our blunders, if you will, it deals with our sin issues. It deals with our mistakes. Does that mean that we won't experience the consequences of our mistakes? Not necessarily, but it means that we have the grace to work through whatever consequences there might be so that we're empowered to be successful overcomers that the Bible says that we, we are. 
So it's important that we include the grace and the mercy. We need both. We absolutely need both. Well, and a great point too is grace and peace go together. Mm -hmm. So where there's grace, you'll have peace. That's right. And that peace that Jesus says, he'll give us that peace that surpasses all understanding. When mm-hmm. we guard our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus, right? Philippians. Yeah. yeah. And okay. I wanna I wanna go back to one other thing that you said earlier. You said that that one of the issues that that why we try to control things is because I mean you said you mentioned fear, but you said honestly that isn't what you're encountering in, in your coaching clients as much as as the need for security and safety and those kinds of things. But when it comes to control, the issue is that we're trying to force outcomes. We're trying to make things happen the way we want them to happen. And the reason why we do that oftentimes is because we don't know God's heart and his character. And we don't believe that he really will work things out for our good. You know, that's that verse that you alluded to in Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. When we truly believe that God will produce good outcomes, even when they're not the outcomes we expect or maybe want, when we can trust that they'll be good anyway, we can let go of that control. And that's where we find true rest. You know, that for me, when I got a, when I got a hold of this, Lori, that truth that you shared there, that set me free from a whole lot of worry and anxiety. And that was when I was able to experience what Jesus said when he said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You know, he said, come to me all who want rest. I was like, I'm not feeling rest because I was trying to force outcomes. And I was trying to hold on and control how things worked out. When I learned to trust that God was good and that he had good plans for me and that he's going to make good outcomes, even if it's not what I thought it would be, (laughs) then I was truly able to begin to rest. And it's been amazing. It's been a huge shift for me. So I really appreciate you sharing that point. Sure. It's so good. And we need to learn how to rest and waiting that is resting in him and not striving. And it's that daily communion, our common Mm -hmm. union with him. And it's a beautiful process. And um, so... And that's why yeah. we can we can rest while still being active, because yes. rest is oh, yeah. not We're about not lack of activity. Rest is about lack of control of the outcome, letting yeah. go of control of the outcome, trusting God to can produce a good outcome. Yeah, so we can do, and that's one of the things that I'm I'm still you know those old habits die hard. <laughs> I yeah. still look to myself sometimes about how am I going to make this happen, and I have to remind myself no. I, I'm responsible for doing what God puts in front of me today. He's yes. the one who's responsible for the outcome of what that is. Yeah. Such a great point. And you mentioned the trust. That's why I go back to the two questions that I ask people. Mm, what do you believe yeah. about God? What do you believe about yourself? You will never trust someone if you don't know their character. Mm-hmm. You don't know their nature. You don't know their ways. That they yeah. are for you. And so that's that deep personal relationship that we get to discover in that waiting process. And mm-hmm. that's why it's a transformation from the inside out. That's why it's a heart process, not a head thing. Our head's mm-hmm. involved, but it's really about what do we really believe? And that heart is the seat of our beliefs. 
Yes. Wow. That's that's powerful. Well, Lori, we are on our time for today. So we're going to have to cut this off. But I know you have a whole lot more because I saw your notes. <laughs> so I'm hoping we can come back and, and hit this again because there's so much more to say about waiting on the Lord and 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 how our heart connects with God in the process. So I'm looking yeah. forward to, to hearing more about this and having another conversation soon. In the meantime, would you be willing to pray over folks and just kind of sure. release a blessing into their lives of peace yeah. and rest? Yeah. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity. And I just speak to everyone listening that their eyes and ears, our hearts are open to you, Father God, to receive your mm. love for them in greater measure that they would know your goodness your loving kindness and that you are so for them and you want to have that deep personal connection with them because that is what their heart longs for and it's in you jesus that we live and move and have our being yes. so lord i thank you that you are meeting us right where we're at and that we can have that deep relationship with you to hear you say, this is the way, walk in it. Mm -hmm. And so I just bless everyone listening and watching. And I thank you, Lord. And I just pray for you to surprise them in such a way, Lord, that a suddenly will happen for them, that they have been waiting for something and that you will suddenly move on their behalf and that they will know that was God. And I thank you, Father, that it's your goodness that draws us to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I just bless everyone and I thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And I just want to encourage you, if you're watching, to connect with Lori. Uh, go to her website. I've got it scrolling along the bottom. It's in the description of this video. It's lauriksnyder.com and subscribe to her podcast oh my gosh you have some amazing content you interview some some powerful people and and i just encourage people to subscribe to your podcast i think it's awesome thank you um is there any other ways that that you would like people to connect with you besides that Lori? the the po or the, excuse me that well the podcast and then the website is the easiest mm -hmm. i do have a few spots open for resiliency coaching which is really okay. um, i combine the spiritual growth mentoring mm -hmm. with coaching the heart to really uh, overcome strong emotions like if you're dealing with uh, difficult marriages grief loss uh really just wanting to know how to move forward you're experiencing mm -hmm. some challenges so i do a lot with with um, coaching the heart and connecting to god in a real fun unique way that helps them get unstuck and stop swirling awesome. so they can yeah the breaking the crazy cycle is is huge yeah. so i appreciate that the, and I, I i've you know we've had many conversations and i i can highly recommend you you get connect with Lori if you're dealing with any of those issues she just mentioned you can go to her website um, check out our podcast. You, they can contact you directly through the website, right, Lori? Yes. Or Lori at LoriKSnyder.com. Yeah. Well, but go. through the There's website a, is the yep. easiest. That's the easiest will be. But in the meantime, I just pray that you all enjoy the rest that Jesus provides for you. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.